All right, welcome back. It's great to have you joining us as we continue our Lent series. And today we're going to be talking about taking steps of faith. Now, a big reason why we are exploring this concept, this idea of stepping out in faith is because Lent is a lot about preparation. Okay, the season of Lent is really about preparing ourselves, preparing our spirits, preparing our bodies for uh, the remembrance of uh, Jesus Christ being crucified on the cross for our sins, carrying the weight of the world, carrying the burden of the world um, by being tried and tortured and uh, crucified like a criminal on the cross, and ultimately remembering His resurrection on Easter Sunday to welcome us and usher us into a new life and into um, a new identity uh, as children of God. And I've been thinking about this a lot this past week, um, at, but probably even more so uh, the past several months um, of preparation, this concept of preparation, especially since we don't really know what the future looks like. Um, we thought we knew what the future looked like maybe uh, a year ago um, before COVID. And then this past year just totally shook us all up, right? And, um, you know, for me as a pastor, I, I, I kind of thought this COVID thing would last just a couple of months. Uh, little did I know it's going to last well over a year. And um, who knows what the future of education will look like? Who knows what the future of church will look like? Who knows what the future of like small businesses will look like? And there's so many unknowns um, in our lives lately. And I was sharing this with my therapist and my therapy group um, a couple days ago um, as I regularly meet with them every week. And uh, we go around uh, our group session and we do these check-ins and I was sharing with them some of these like struggles that I'm having. And uh, my therapist, Roy, who is going to be a part of our webinar in a couple weeks, my therapist was asking like, uh, what, are, what kind of things are you doing to like take care of yourself? And I was sharing with him like how I'm not really taking good care of myself these days. Um, that I, I, I find it hard to wake up in the mornings. I uh, don't want to even take a shower. Uh, sometimes I go for days without taking a shower until I can't stand it anymore. And then I have to take a shower. Otherwise, I'm going to offend my family. And how um, I've just been having really bad like eating habits and all that stuff. And I don't even feel energized or motivated to exercise like I used to. And my therapist Roy asked me a very poignant question. Al, do you think you're depressed? And as soon as he said that, I knew immediately that I was. That I was depressed. And I couldn't really know why. Um... Now, I struggled a lot with depression when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, and even as a young adult, uh, until I started seeing a therapist regularly, and I was like working on that. Um, and it's been moderately okay. But I think for the past few weeks or so, I have been slipping into depression. And oftentimes, um, there is no reason why uh, people get depressed, um, but uh, lately I've, I think there is a reason for me personally. Um, and I've been really heavily influenced 
by um, this neuroscientist, Dr. Caroline Leaf these days. And I've been reading this book and as you can see, I have a lot of bookmarks in it and uh, it's been really helpful. And one of the things that Dr. Leaf says in this book is that your diagnosis, whether it's anxiety, depression, or social anxiety, um, whatever it is, it's not a permanent condition. And I, I shared this last week too, that depression is not a permanent condition. And so um, I was really remembering uh, the words that God was giving to me to share to you all, because I think it's probably most relevant for me that depression is not a permanent condition. And so I was really trying to wrap my mind around like what is causing my depression or why am I feeling this way? And I could really think of like three main reasons why I might be feeling this way, okay? Uh, first, it's probably because I'm not connecting with people in real life. I'm on the phone a lot, I'm on Zoom a lot, like probably a lot of you are, and I do these like live streams which I can't see your faces and I hate it, you know? Um, when I used to like share messages like in person in real life, um, I could like l make eye contact with people and you know, people, if I say something, I, people nod. If I make a lame joke, like people laugh and I don't have any of that, right? And so I've been really missing that. But more, more important than that, um, I've been missing just like meeting up with people one-on-one uh, -on -one or just in like a small group setting and um, even though I'm, I'm doing this on the phone and over Zoom, it's, it's not the same. And I couldn't really uh, figure out why. But um, Dr. Leaf actually explains it, not in the book, but in, in an interview that she did recently. Uh, she talks about how every human being, every living organism has this kind of energy, uh, this invisible energy, this um, electromagnetic field that they give off, right? And we actually like can feel it. Okay, uh, and it's, it's this really, really uh, intuitive sense, but when we are around other people, we feed off of each other's energy. And, you know, uh, so uh, if there's like someone who really encourages you and like lifts you up, you being physically near that person will also lift your spirits or like encourage you or lift you up. Likewise, if there's someone who's kind of a downer and is really depressed and is uh, kind of a mood killer and you're physically close to that person, then you also feel kind of down and maybe your mood is a little bit dipped. Um, that's, probably, that's probably me right now, if I'm being honest. So that's probably one reason why I'm feeling depressed lately is because I'm not getting that, right? And uh, this isn't really a new concept. Um, the ancient Chinese called it qi. Uh, and uh, some other like hippies uh, might call it something else. They might call it energy. Um, some people call it a vibe, right? Uh, they're giving off a really good vibe. And so this isn't uh, really new, but uh, um, Dr. Leaf actually did studies on this and uh, she realized that every living organism has this like electromagnetic field of just like a few feet uh, whenever, um, uh, whenever, and we sense it around other people. And the other thing that probably is causing me depression <laughs> is um, I'm not having enough uh, healthy habits. Um, I'm not having enough healthy habits. There were a lot of things that I used to do uh, prior to COVID, um, uh, but I haven't really been doing it uh, as much. One, because a lot of things closed. Um, like uh, one thing I used to do almost every week was go to Huntington Library, which is near where I live in Pasadena. 
and I used to just walk around the gardens by myself for like two or three hours and that was actually really good <laughs> for my soul but I wasn't able to do that um, and the past couple weeks I've been fasting from alcohol for Lent um, and the whole idea of like fast um, is that you're supposed to replace one habit and uh, replace it with something else something healthier okay and so I haven't been doing that I just been uh, withdrawing from alcohol but I don't have I haven't been replacing that with something healthy I'm sorry it's really, like really noisy here today for some reason there's a helicopter overhead and there's like construction anyway sorry if it's a little bit noisy and the last reason why I think maybe I've been feeling this way is because I think I've been playing it very safe I think I've been playing it very safe these days. And yes, we could blame it on COVID um, that all of us kind of feel stuck and isolated, right? Um, in many ways. And, and, you know, we don't have much to do, you know? And so, um, but uh, I, I, I think I've kind of made it a habit of mine uh, or a lifestyle to take risks every once in a while now when i was in college i used to do like really stupid crazy reckless things um but that's kind of like um that brought me a lot of excitement in life uh and now as an adult like you know i try to channel these things in other ways like maybe in ministry or maybe in like relationships i like to take risks and like that actually like gives me life and i haven't really been able to do that for the past year um Part of it is because of COVID, but uh, another part of it could be because I'm just playing it safe. But there's this idea that as uh, followers of Christ, God didn't call us to a life of safety. He didn't call us to just play it safe and just stay in our comfort zones. As followers as of Christ, as sons and daughters of God, if we are living lives of faithfulness, God will regularly challenge us to step out in faith. If we want to live lives of obedience, God will frequently push us to go deeper and deeper uh, in, into our faith. And that requires really stepping out into unknown territory. Today's passage that we just looked at is uh, Matthew chapter 14 verses 22 through 33 and many of you might know this story this famous story of Peter walking on water Jesus and Peter walking on water now this miracle um, happened right after Jesus fed 5,000 people so just imagine the craziness that's occurring um, right after he did that okay uh, he just performed this amazing miracle where he fed thousands and thousands of people with uh, five loaves of bread and two fish. Um, can you just imagine the swarms of people who are surrounding him and requesting and demanding that he do uh, more miracles or perform more healings or do this for him or for that for her? So uh, as it said in verse 22, Jesus told the disciples to get on a boat and go ahead of him as he dismisses the crowd. And eventually Jesus does that. He gets rid of the crowd and and you would think he would catch up to the disciples right away but he doesn't after he dismisses the crowd he goes up to the mountain to pray by himself 
for several hours. And Jesus was in no hurry. Okay, he was in no hurry. And the disciples were out, uh, in, out to sea for several hours. And they were probably wondering why Jesus was taking so long. And how in the world Jesus is going to get to them when they're so deep into the sea. So after a few hours, sometime between 3 and 6 in the morning, when it's still dark, the disciples drifted about three or four miles into sea. And by this time, there was this huge storm occurring. And it said in verse 24 that the boat was buffeted by the waves. Um, it means it was beaten back and forth by the waves. So you can get this idea that the disciples are out in the sea, surrounded by the storm, and it's pitch black. And out in the distance, uh, in the midst of the fog and the darkness, they see this figure uh, approaching them. They're not quite sure what it is. It's difficult to kind of uh, figure out what it is. And eventually, they see a vague silhouette of a, of, of, of a person. He's covered in fog and rain, and they can't see who or what it is, and they even think that it's a ghost and they're freaked out, they're terrified. And Jesus, sensing this fear from them, he says out loud in a calm and clear voice, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And here's the climax of the story. Peter gets so excited that Jesus is approaching them that he wants to meet him. He's so eager to meet with his rabbi. So Peter said something really crazy that also exemplified his faith. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And for Peter, it didn't matter what the conditions were. It didn't matter if there was a storm. All that mattered to Peter was, if you tell me to come, I'll come. And Jesus says just one simple word, come. That simple word of invitation. Peter wasn't concerned about the crazy storm. He didn't even think of the risk that he was putting himself in at this time. All that mattered to him. His pure focus was on Jesus who was uh, in front of him. Now this scene that this passage so beautifully uh, portrays for us uh, happens in this body of water. Now this idea of water, this concept of water has various meanings um, and, and you don't even have to be a Christian to understand this. If you just go out to the ocean, to the beach, in the middle of the night, right, and you look out into the deep dark waters, there's this sense of awe and mystery and unknown that lies be, be beyond those waters. Even from the very beginning of scripture, on the first day of creation, God created the entire earth, but it was totally covered in water. And 
the entire earth was covered in water and there were clouds in the sky which is also made of water so from the very beginning of time our entire world was surrounded by mystery and unknown and even overhead we were covered in mystery and unknown living as a follower of Jesus Christ has a lot of unknowns we don't commit our lives to God because we want all our, our all of our answers uh, figured out okay we don't commit to following Jesus Christ because we need all of our questions resolved that is not why we enter into faith in fact it's most most often the opposite God often calls us into territory into areas where there is mystery and this is the first thing that this passage teaches us about faith faith can only exist when mystery exists faith can only exist when mystery exists once we leave this world once we leave this earth um, and you know we are totally unified with God I don't think we'll need our faith anymore because there is um, nothing unknown okay there's nothing that is a mystery there's nothing really scary up in heaven but while we are here on earth while we are living lives of faith we need mystery okay because faith can only exist when mystery exists faith is obedience despite the unknown faith is obedience despite the unknown so in light of this what is required of us what is required of us how can we adequately step out in faith first taking steps of faith requires both realism and idealism taking a step of faith requires both realism and idealism stepping out in faith requires us to be both realistic and idealistic you see a realist looks at the facts um, actually a realist is uh, brutally honest about the facts a realistic faith doesn't ignore uh, their surroundings we cannot be unrealistic and pretend like we're in uh, we're not in the situation that we're in okay just look at the current state of our world okay things are really messed up all right uh, there's a global pandemic there is uh, injustice there is racism happening against our uh, black and brown and uh, Asian American Pacific Island brothers and sisters and there is a lot of divisiveness uh, in our country not just between um, Republicans and Democrats but between like liberals and conservatives and between religious folks and non-religious folks there is a lot of division that is happening here okay and having uh, taking steps of faith doesn't just like close our eyes and, and cover our ears and pretend like all of that is not happening all of that is happening but at the same time a person of faith cannot just be overwhelmed and stuck by the realistic conditions that we are living in a person of faith needs to look beyond the facts 
And this is where it's important to be an idealist. An idealist looks beyond the facts that he or she is given and strives for something greater, something bigger, something not yet realized. Being an idealist is not the opposite of a realist. The opposite of uh, a realist is being unrealistic. Okay, an unrealistic person will say never, but an idealistic person will say not now. An unrealistic person might say it's not happening. An idealist says not yet. Faith does, does not ignore the realities surrounding them, but faith always remains idealistic. When we step out in faith, like Peter did in today's story, other people around you might think you're crazy. Some might think you're being foolish. Many won't see the same things that you do because they're not looking through your lens of faith. You see, when people were looking at Peter walking on water, all they were looking at was the storm, the deep sea that was beneath Peter, right? And the darkness. But Peter was purely focused on Jesus. Okay, that's where his vision was. That's where his focus was. It says in Hebrews 11, verse 1, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Faith demands that we look beyond just the facts, okay? We look beyond the facts and we have to have a little bit of idealism in our lives, in our spirits. For a brief moment, what's amazing about this story of Jesus and Peter walking on water, for a brief moment, Peter was actually performing the very same miracle that Jesus was performing. Just as Jesus walked on water, Peter walked on water. But you see, this isn't the first time, believe it or not, this is not the first time that Peter had shared a miracle with Jesus. And this reveals the other truth about stepping out in faith. Stepping out in faith looks at the past to affirm our future. Stepping out in faith looks at the past to affirm our future. Peter and the other disciples had participated in the sharing of many miracles of Jesus Christ. Uh, like I said earlier, right before this miracle of Jesus and Peter walking on water, they had fed thousands and thousands of people with five loaves and two fish. Five loaves of bread and two fish. It was not just Jesus the one who was handing them out. It was his disciples and, and other followers of Jesus who were handing these out. And so literally... In, in front of their, under their noses, this miracle was happening. So Peter actually witnessed several other miracles that Jesus had performed prior to this. This is how Peter knew that he would be okay when he asked Jesus to invite him to walk on water. And even further back, um, when Jesus uh, completed gathering his 12 disciples, Matthew being the last one in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus gave them this command in Matthew chapter 10 to drive out demons and impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. This was completely new to them, yet through the power of Jesus, they were able to perform these miracles themselves. 
So when we look back at our lives, okay, when we look back at our lives and we look at our um, decisions that we've made, whenever you have made decisions to follow God, has God ever failed you? Seriously, really ask yourself this question. Has God ever failed you? I'm not asking if every decision you made for God was easy, okay? Uh, because I could guarantee that a lot of decisions that we make for God will be difficult. But has God ever failed you? When I look back at my own life, the times where I have made big decisions apart from God is when uh, things didn't work out for me very well. Yet when I made decisions, big decisions, um, that I really sensed that the Holy Spirit was leading me towards, I never regretted it. So if we are worried about the future, just look back at your past. How did God come through for you in the past? Because if you, if you really count the ways that God has been there for you, it's probably innumerable. We look at the path, past to affirm our future. And lastly, taking steps of faith focuses on Jesus rather than the circumstances. Taking steps of faith focuses on Jesus rather than our circumstances. There are times in our lives when we have to step out in faith. Uh, and when, when I, what I mean by that is uh, we have to experience some sort of life change. Uh, we have to leave one place to enter into a new one, whether it's job or maybe where you live or maybe it's relationships. Uh, we have to leave this place of comfort and familiarity and enter into a new space that is uncomfortable and totally unfamiliar. Now, things like this happen in our lives, whether we want it to or not, okay? Um, but it's, it's that intentionality of stepping out in faith towards the things that God is calling us to, okay? People change jobs all the time. People move where they live. But not everyone follows the direction that God wants them to go. A lot of times we are led, uh, we make decisions based on fear, a lot of times we um, make decisions kind of autonomously, kind of on autopilot and not really considering all of the options and really paying attention to where the Holy Spirit is leading us. So the struggle should not be whether or not I should step out. The question for us is when I step out in faith or when I step out, will I step out in faith? The question for us should be when I step out, will I step out in faith? It is only when we begin to focus on our circumstances over focusing on Jesus that we begin to sink. And that's what happened to Peter when he looked around and he noticed the storm and he noticed that he was uh, far away from the boat and he was on water. That's when he began to sink. And here's the beautiful part about this story. When Jesus sees that Peter is sinking, he, he reaches out and he grabs his hand. 
even if you fall, even if you sink, God will grab you. He will hold on to you and He will never let you go. No matter how badly you think you messed up, Jesus' hand is always extended to us. God often allows storms to happen in our lives so that we can be more aware of His presence. That moment when Jesus grabbed out and reached out to Peter, um, Scripture doesn't tell us how they went back to the boat, right? But I imagine Jesus picked Peter up and they walked back to the boat together, sharing that really intimate moment together. Sometimes it is in the storms of life, it is in the mystery and the unknown and the unpredictability of life when the presence of Jesus is the most powerful. It is only when Peter started noticing his surroundings that he began to sink. Still, Jesus reached out to him, picked them up, and they walked back together. Even if you fail, even if you sink, even if you fall, he will catch you and he will hold you and he will walk with you through the storm. I'm not sure what the rest of this year will look like, what 2021 will look like. Um, I hope it's better than 2020. But one thing is for certain, God is challenging all of us to take steps of faith. How is God challenging you to take a step of faith this year? How is God challenging you to take a step of faith this year? Let us pray. Lord, you are so wonderful and you are so loving. But at the same time, you do not call us to a life of safety, to a life of, of security, to a, a life of being stagnant. Lord, you call us to take steps of faith. You invite us with that one simple word, come, come. And Lord, we hear you and we want to follow you wherever you go. Lord, we know that our assurance can be found in you because you have never failed us in the past. And Lord, as we take steps of faith, we realize that uh, we cannot be blind and um, ignore the reality that surrounds us. Lord, our, our world is really, really messed up right now and we desperately need you. The world desperately needs you. And as you are calling us out, help us to take those steps of faith and to really imitate Jesus Christ in every way that we can. We thank you for being the loving God that you are. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Have a blessed week.